Blog Talk Radio. Behind the moon, 
uh, right smack in between the sun and the earth, when you put the, the moon right there so that its shadow is cast fully onto um, the, uh, the earth in that way, what you're doing in essence is you're magnifying your capacity to go deep within the unconscious. Kind of fascinating. I think in Gemini it would it would be uh, you know very good to do things like um, writing exercises or taking down dream information or even say going to uh, a book on the shelf and pulling that book off. It's called bibliomancy. It's divining by using a, a book just in your own library. You just go over to it. Uh, the, your bookshelves, and you just the first book you see, you pick it off of the shelf, then you open it up to the first page you think of, then you read the first sentence you think of that you see. That's something uh, that's accessing, we'll talk about accessing the unconscious in a powerful way through Gemini, because Gemini rules things like books and literature and talking. Um, what I usually like to do when I open up the show, though, is talk about current trends. So we're not going to miss that tonight. We're definitely going to take a look at it. And uh, yes, indeed, the sun is in um, is in Gemini, and uh, the moon is in Cancer tonight. And Mercury actually just went into Gemini. So this, that's a ruler of, of Mercury. Of, uh, Mercury rules Gemini. And so that's a lot of mental activity, maybe good humor, uh, you know, is around like people might be feeling a little funnier, but it's a great time to study, educate, laugh, be kind of comical. You know, just the, there's there's great energy out there for connecting with your mind. Venus is still retrograde, also in Gemini. We have a lot of Gemini energy, right? And then Mars is in Virgo because remember Mars was in retrograde from January all the way to April. And this time we have a little conflict, obviously, because Virgo and Gemini are square to each other. That's not compatible energy. And um, so Mars is making a conflict with Mercury. Mars is making a conflict with the sun because the sun's in Gemini. You might expect a little tension. You might expect a little, um, perhaps a little argument, argument here or there with someone. The reason is because Gemini is so light and doesn't want to get bogged down by details and Virgo is consumed by the details. So if you can confront somebody who's, you know, being very, very nitpicky or detailed, you have to make space for them. Conversely, if you're the one looking for the details and someone seems to be a little more aloof or not interested in hearing the details, you're going to have to recognize you might be saturating them with uh, with too much picayune behavior. Um Jupiter is in Taurus just for a couple of more weeks. If you want to ground something, go out and purchase something. This is an excellent time to do that. If you if you really need to purchase something, it's an excellent time to do that. We're also moving into the time when Uranus is going to make its first square of Pluto. I know that doesn't happen until sometime in mid-June, maybe like two or three more weeks from now. But we ought to expect some type of clash i think again between the um the general population remember talking about the general population like the the um the wall street occupy movement etc rebelling against the establishment which is going to be represented by pluto so in this instance uranus and aries is going to be the youthful 
what's going to seem like upstart, but still they're trying to shake up the system. They're trying to, um, you know, get people to see things in a different way or the possibility for change in a different way. And um, the uh, the hierarchy ruled by Pluto, it's in Capricorn, is going to generally have difficulty changing or budging. Capricorn is very patriarchal and uh, doesn't often like to change. So we have uh, that energy around as well. Perhaps a little bit of conflict, but, but if you focus on the humorous aspect of it, I think you can also end up having a good time. Uh, a couple of good laughs, or at least you can, uh, you know, read a good book during this uh, this next few weeks because you're totally going to be inspired by whatever it is that you read. Um, caller, it's been on the line for a little while. Let's check in and see who's there. Area code four eight four. You're on the inside connection. Hi, I was calling in. Uh, this is Marilyn calling from Pennsylvania for a mini reading, if possible. Hi, Marilyn. Have I worked with you before? No, I'm no. not usually up this late. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me, you're going to be my first, but I saw you called in before the show started, so I thought I would take you and say hello. Oh, let me just open up that. the astrology software, and I'll get your birth information. Um, I need the first initial of your last name. B. And your birthday. Nine twenty one sixty one. And your birth time, if you know it. Two twenty nine p.m. Oh, two twenty nine p.m. And your birth town. Westchester. Westchester, Maryland. Pens- Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Westchester. Two words. Got it. That's why it wasn't coming up. There it is. Um, okay. So, have you ever had a reading before, an astrology reading? Yes. Okay. Does it usually come up with zero degrees Capricorn rising, do you know? Um, not that detailed to remember. Okay, that's fine. Um yeah, it seems like for a couple of years you've been going through some real personal change um, where you've changed career, you've changed your job, but you've even changed the way that you've been um, looking at yourself in relationship to work and social status and what you want to be doing you know, with, your, with yourself, with your life, really. Right now, it's probably been difficult for you because Saturn is very strongly conjunct your Mercury and your Mars. So if somebody is aggravating you or making you angry and you don't feel like you can speak up about it and you feel very stuck in a situation that might feel very oppressive and very unfair... It actually will pass, but you're going to have to endure it for a little while longer. It's possible that it already has passed, but um, but that was very strong for you because uh, Saturn was almost exactly retrograde on your uh, Mercury-Mars conjunction. In the natal part of your reading, you know, meaning just looking at your chart in general and not doing predictions, you're a very you're somebody that's really actually looking for for fairness. You know, you're very 
you're Virgos, you're very observant and very detail-oriented, very spiritually minded. And in relationships in particular, you'd really like to meet people in general. Uh, We can talk about relationship if you're in one. Are are you married? Uh, No, no relationships for some years. Uh Uh-huh. That's fine. Um, No, it's not. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's fine because you can make that change if you want to. You can make that change. Um, We can talk about how. I mean, some years. I see that in maybe like two years ago, 2010, could have even been into 2011, early 2011, there might have been someone there, kind of very magical, mystical, sweep you off your feet kind of energy, but it can also be very disillusioning and disappointing. Did you meet someone two years ago? Did I meet someone? I might have, but not not anything that I'm recollecting. No, so there wasn't anything that really was that. Yeah, when I when I when actually when I when I work with people, I'm I'm born in the same year you are. When I work with people, you can have transits are opportunities. Okay, transits are opportunities. If I worked with you in 2008, let's say, or 2009, I would have said, Marilyn. You have a real opportunity to meet someone, and it could be, this is the nature of Neptune, it could be something very special because Neptune can bring about a kind of um, spiritual kind of relationship, something that's very soulmate-oriented and, you know, such. It requires work, but it it's a very meaningful connection, which I think a lot of people are looking for. However, if you were just passing through that time, 2010 and 11, and, you know, you weren't really putting yourself out there to meet someone energetically, either literally or figuratively, um, you know, literally, like, I don't know, being out in the dating scene or whatever, keeping a profile somewhere, they're very uh, important these days, even if you never really use that for dating, it's good to have that energetically out there. Um, because the you know the internet is very important for people's consciousness. It's all about creating a conscious outward effect. But anyway, the the point of what I'm trying to get to is that there was an opportunity there for you to um, connect with somebody that might have been important to you. Now, if we looked a little more deeply into the the real like, well, what does this transit deeply mean? There's lots of different things that it could mean. It doesn't necessarily have to have meant love, but it it actually means that you encountered someone. It's unlikely that you could go through a transit and not have it manifest in some way. You went through a relationship at that time, even if it wasn't a romantic relationship, with someone that you shared something with. There was a certain kind of, um, yeah, sharing a process of sharing and an exchange. Um, they might have been a friend even. Um, they, they want to go out and say maybe it could have been a sibling. You might have even had a, re, a reacquaintance with one of your siblings um, because Neptune rules your third house. But there was something special at that time that touched you in some way. Um, you have Venus and Uranus in the eighth house. It could have been that someone special actually may have even passed away. But that's sort of like a prediction that's kind of, for me, that's like the the last place that I would go. Um, are you with me? Yep, yep. I'm just thinking and nothing is coming to mind. But, yeah, um, that's fine. 
but moving forward or now forward? So Saturn is moving into your 10th house. Do you have a career issue thing going on for you? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I need more clients or a job. (laughs) Yeah. So let me let me talk about um like um the what I originally said about some individual potentially like upsetting you but you don't you really don't feel like you can express yourself to that person. Has that been going on? Uh yes, uh my par- uh, parent. One of your parents. Okay. Mhm. Yeah. Well, Saturn rules older people, so and um it's also part of a Saturn square, which is something that we go through cyclically. The idea is that it changes and somehow it changes part of the way that you view your responsibility, your social status. And you're someone who's very responsible, but your experience needs to be able to dictate the change, you know? So you either need more clients or a job. Well, the truth is is that Saturn's going into your 10th house, so it could represent getting a job if you want one. But I question why is it that you're not finding that you're attracting clients? I know. <laughs> well, tell me. what is. What well, is seriously, no, very seriously, um, I do a lot of, I have done a lot of studies spiritually and so forth over right. the years, gone to school and so forth. But um, And I do have one client. Uh, I've had him for two and a half years. It's just part time. It's not enough to uh, cover my basis. But uh, money, work, relationships, even trying to rent out my house has all been stuck. And, and um, the house I've been, I was trying to sell and then trying to rent, and I thought I had a tenant uh, all set to sign the lease tomorrow, and she backed out today. So everything is something's blocking. Everything. Well, it's Saturn, it's energy. It's really sitting right on your Mercury Mars. Mars rules your home. Mars rules property you would like to rent. Mercury rules even your spiritual connections, you know, like the, the, for your ability to connect with yourself spiritually. But what, what, it, what, it's, what it also, I think, talks about um, is your ability to focus on establishing the contract in the first place, not just all supposed to feel oppressive. It's potentially about who it is that you're selecting to establish these contracts with. So in other words, you had a tenant all lined up. That's a very Libra experience. That's a very contractual agreement. When I say that somebody like pissed you off and you couldn't really tell them, that's one of those people, right, this tenant, potential tenant. Uh, I wasn't so angry with them. No, no. I no. There was um, somebody involved, in a wheelchair and this and that. I was just feeling great sadness because I was really looking forward to these people coming in. I was connecting in so many ways, and uh, just disappointed. Not angry, but disappointed. Got it. Okay, fair enough. Um. Saturn brings about relationships that are that either, in other words, like you, you hmm, it's not hard to explain. It's just it's when somebody's experiencing what you're what you've been experiencing. It has nothing to do with you being like at fault for what it is that being manifested around you. It's just in astrology, we would say that even though those relationships don't work out, they don't work out 
really because they're not going to serve you. So consciously you think that they will, but somehow, you know, the universe knows better and it prevents you from entering into that relationship actually because it wouldn't be the right thing for you. I did get that message intuitively um, later today, but I was checking on it. (laughs) Yeah. So, but I think going back to them, well, what is it that you need to be working on? It's the connections that you're making. What is it that you're manifesting? Because remember, the potential tenant that shows up in your life comes about because of what it is that you think you need. You know? So... Mm -hmm. What is it that you really need? Don't you need someone who's just going to be a reliable tenant and pay the rent? What I really need at the end of the day is um, actually uh, freedom and flexibility to travel and money. And what I really need is I don't really need to move out of my house. I've been here for on this property overall for 20 years, and I was been thinking since I moved here that I would move off and when I at the end of the day I I just need to be able to get out and travel and for work or vacation or whatever I'm just feeling very very stuck yeah and, uh, and I need to get because you have all those planets in the ninth house so you love <clears throat> travel and the, the the cultural part of what it teaches yeah. you and the spiritual encounters that you get from that kind of newness yep. yeah well, Saturn's going to move out of there soon. In the next couple of months, it it will it will um, it will go. When to you wrap. say soon, I thought you meant couple of days. Oh my God, couple no, of months. No, not a couple of days. Now oh, it's Lord. been going on for you for the last two years. This process. Yeah. It's been going on for the last two years. So for me to say that it's going to go end in the next couple of months is fantastic. Um. <laughs> yeah. Goes direct um, in uh, actually, yeah, in June, which is great. But it's really, really, really right on. It's at 23 degrees. It is right on for like the entire month of June on your Mercury and Mars. Is that good or bad? I it's don't know. That, what all it's, that means. It, it, I think you're going to turn it into something good. You know, imagine that you're going to meet someone who's pretty serious, older, more responsible, and that they want to, they want to, you know, assume the rent, the the, the tenant thing. Um, I would think if it's been, if you've been having an issue with your parents, it's going to come to a head. That's another thing that's going to happen is that they are going to like up the ante on you. Um, but then it's it going to all get worse. <laughs> Well, no, no. I mean, that might get worse, but I don't. I see. I see the positive side of it as, um, like the, the the not oppressive side of Saturn is people people coming into your life who are responsible, and um, you know, capable of being reliable. Not not the opposite. That's the 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 uh, the more negative interpretation of it is that people come in and they're and it's just oppressive and authoritative and demanding and uh, that's how I see the issue where there with your parents you you haven't explained too much about that but you you just mentioned it so I assume that it's got the negative bent on it but the the positive side of it which is why the transit is occurring 
is so that you'll eventually get around to experiencing the positive side is that you will realize that also what you want in your life is reliable people and people who have a, a sense of stability and structure. And for you, that's actually kind of important because you have strong Jupiter and, and Saturn and Capricorn in the first house. I don't think you're really afraid of working. No. You know, I don't think it's really... I think I think work, I'm sure you've worked in your life. Yeah, since I was very young. Yeah. I mean... And I ran a, three, three seven-day-a-week businesses. Yeah, I mean, I see that. It's it's been a huge part of your identity. Are you feeling kind of burned out right now? I'm burned out trying to chase the money. Yeah. To pay the bills. Yeah. That's how I'm burned out. One of the Not things that's really important is that we don't chase money, you know? We we go, we go, we we visualize where we can provide our service and then the money comes. If we don't, if we don't focus on the money, but we focus on the service instead, um, then then the money follows. It's very difficult to just manifest money because it it, it the, you know the unconscious conscious, which is perfect to be talking about eclipses because we want to be able to connect the conscious with the unconscious. That's what an eclipse is a reminder of, and. Um, Yeah. Okay. There's no chasing money. Yeah, I, I was sort of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, I mean, I'm, are I'm you thrilled doing to healing do... work or, or are you doing healing work? Because you said you work um, with one person. Management consulting, um, business see. business management consulting. However, um, as a side, uh, for fun, I do healing and energy exchanges and things like that. Right, but you're not charged any money for that. No. Uh-huh. It's too consuming for you? Um, I think it was uh believing in myself and so, you know, I think it was uh self-worth there like, oh, I can't do that. Uh-huh. You can though actually. So, that might be another something that you should look into if you feel good about it and if the people that you work on give good results. I understand that, too. I've been a holistic doctor for like 25 years now, and certainly in the beginning or if you're just doing it, you wonder like, oh, my God, is this helping anybody? Am I doing it right or whatever? And then, you know, you find out just from experience and from trusting that it might be, you know, might be doing something to help, you know. And then you find out from the people that you're actually providing the service to that they like what you're doing for them then you have to trust that that's truth you know and that people are not just you know lying to you right right well being a virgo that's you know health is critical yeah absolutely so it's, it's anyway it was good to talk to you tonight. i had a good you, long chat with you but you um, too. yeah you too. yeah i appreciate you calling in and i'm on every thursday night at eight o'clock i know it's a little bit late for maryland yes, but it, so. it was a pleasure and i'm in the archives every week too and i want to yeah. always thank my my listeners because my archive listening goes up every week so it's always really very flattering and i'm honored to have a lot of people listen to the show afterwards well, I appreciate it, and sorry yep. for my low energy. It is late for me, but I just I saw your thing, and I thought, oh, that looked really interesting. Thanks, so I, I, I appreciate the conversation. Evening, you as well. Okay, bye-bye. bye-bye.
so that was a nice talk and um I think part of what was part of what was what was in there or what I was trying to get to, which I think I did finally. I was wondering, you know, I had a really nice long talk with her and then I saw how it connected with my topic tonight because it's about uniting. That's what the eclipse is there to remind us of, that there's a unification of the conscious and unconscious energy. And when that happens, that's when we're capable of manifesting uh, what it is that we want. If we have that kind of doubt about what it is that we're providing, then then it's difficult for us to be able to connect that positively with our unconscious and manifest anything. It just, you know, doesn't really um, uh, come about. It's, it's impossible for anything to come about if there's not a unification of the conscious and unconscious. In the Crowley Tarot deck, um, the Nine of Wands is actually called Strength. And it's a picture of um, the sun and the moon as wands on the top and the bottom. And it's sun and moon in Sagittarius. And it's the unification of the conscious and unconscious. And he talks about how magic, right, the ability to manifest from an, an, a thought conceptual thoughts say I have this thought about something and there it is in front of me finally that process the magical process of taking your thoughts and turning them into a physical reality can only be accomplished by the unification of the conscious and unconscious mind so if you're on a diet and the conscious mind you want to be thinner that's the sun energy let's say and so you say oh I'm going to be thinner if I diet I'm going to be thinner and then in your unconscious mind, every day you stand in the mirror and you go, oh, I'm so fat. There's no possible way for you to lose weight. There's no possible way because the unconscious mind will not be unified with the conscious mind and you will do everything to sabotage the diet. If just because the belief, the counterintention, the unconscious belief is that you can't lose the weight because you are already overweight and you're just going to stay that way. So you have to be able to start feeling everything from a conscious and unconscious place that it is happening. We don't want to manifest something. We make it in the present time. We don't say, like, I want to have more money. We say, I have more money. I have more money. That's the conscious mind now Then once the conscious mind says, I have more money, it's impossible for the unconscious mind to say, I don't have enough money, because they're in conflict. If the conscious mind is saying, I want more money, it's easy for the unconscious mind to say, yeah, but you don't have it. You don't say, I want to be thinner. You say, I am thin. There's no counterintention with a present time positive affirmation of the conscious mind and the more times that that's addressed then obviously the unconscious dilemma gets flushed out and if you're and if you're aware if you have enough awareness then when for instance you will just use the same but i'm broke but i'm broke i want more money but you're broke you know not i have more money you can't say i have more money but i'm broke it's an impossibility. So if you're bringing the affirmation into the present time, and remember, you have to bring it to the present time, even if it's not actually a part of your present time physical reality, 
this is key unification eclipse energy even if it's not a part of your present time physical it is possible that it's in your present time conscious energetic plane why not why can't the energetic you be wealthy the energetic you can be thin and if you just say oh right stop looking in the mirror and start looking at the energetic image of what you are energetically before you then you move into manifestation with that thing it's really magical and beautiful and amazing area code 212 you're on the inside connection hello, hello. how are you yeah hi oh. hi. Um, hi i've had a reading with you before maybe a maybe a month ago okay and I was going to ask you, uh, when do you see me moving to Europe, back to Europe? Um, okay, well, uh, you'd have to tell me your name, and I'll yes. see if I have your chart okay. in here. Yeah, my name is Anna, A-N-N-A, and I'm from Holland. Right. I see it, January 28th. Yes, 73. Moon. Uh, you know, I think it's difficult for you right now. And moving back to ha- moving back to Europe is it something that you want to do? Uh, yeah, I've thought a long time about it, and now I kind of feel like, yeah, this is what I want to do. It's not happening here, so I've tried many things, and it's like all these flaky things are happening, right? Right. Like I'm so done. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's well. There's there's a few more flaky things that are going to happen. So um, I w- and I think you and I talked about this. That I said there was some disillusionment because you have Moon in early part of Sagittarius and Neptune is squaring your Moon, and it's a, like a whole process that you have to go through about you know really trying to examine again from your unconscious what it is that you're looking for in relationships because if you're experiencing disillusionment in them part of that is coming from what you expect so part of that is coming from projection um to answer your question quite you know sort of bluntly you probably could move very very like rapidly and spontaneously just throw everything up and go i would say even at the end of the summer because uranus is going to be retrograde and it's going to be very close to your moon but Neptune's going to square your moon again in August, mid-August. So, um, yeah, any time over the summer, it could be as early as July first. I mean, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. You can just up and go if you want to. You have lots of like really spontaneous, energetic change. My feeling, though, is that you're going to experience, kind of continue to experience some disillusionment. Even if you go to Europe, you're going to maybe still experience some flaky behavior from people because it's somehow right now coming out of you. It's not, it's not always easy to explain this because we don't necessarily see how we're manifesting things before us, but yeah. I think you probably have a spiritual... We're talking well, about the last move. job that I, uh, you know, I thought I would just, you know, I just felt like I was going below my, you know, my education. So I'm going below my education. I'm doing these, you know, babysitting. And then then I, that was all that didn't work out. Then um, get got hired at the 
spa and for Reiki healing practitioner. Right. And which I'm not, you know, I'm a therapist. I work with clients and I work with children. Like that's what I really want to do with my life and I have a master's in that. But here I am, you know, I thought for money I could just, you know, do the healing work there. And uh, I have these weird dreams at night about, like, prostitution, this, that, and the other, and I'm having this weird energy. And I'm like, oh, God, I can't do this work here, you know? I'm not going to. So I stopped doing that. (sighs) You know, flaky things like that, or just not weird people that expect me to do things for, like, very little money. Yeah, I'm just saying, do you expect that to be different right now in Europe? Well, I don't expect that to be different from Europe. At at least I have more, um, that's my country. I'll be able to work anywhere I want to. I will be able to move anywhere I want to. I can go in and out of countries. Nothing's preventing you from going, and it looks to me like you could move as early as July 1st if you wanted to. You can just suddenly, because you have a couple of very strong Uranian transits in June, which is always about something sudden. Now, one of them is Uranus sextile Mercury, and one of them is Uranus sextile the Sun. So in your chart, Mercury and the Sun are actually right on the 11th house cusp, and... um, Mercury is the ruler of the six, so it's possible even that I guess sometime in June you're presented with another job opportunity in the United States that you like, that you want to pursue before you finally leave. But it's also possible that that opportunity, huh? I said that would be great. I I was hired somewhere um, about two months ago. I was hired, was going to get started, blah, 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 and because of my paperwork, because it was a it was a um, temporary position, not a permanent position. They couldn't help me with my paperwork. So I don't know if that's going to change in July and it's going to be available again as a permanent. Then something can change. Otherwise, yeah, I feel kind of stuck in my life, you know, in that respect. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so it's, it's not easy for me to hang out the whole time, you know, hang out. Just... Uh, well, I mean, you must have come here with a specific intention. There must have been a reason why you came here. Yeah, all those words, reasons are done. I completed everything. It was for, like, many, many educational purposes. Well, then maybe that's the reason that everything's not working here. It's because it's time to go back. Yeah, maybe. And that, you know, like, your thinking about it is 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 real. It doesn't represent any kind of failure at all. It's just a question of that this isn't where you're supposed to be doing what you're doing. Yeah, but what if I have this job opportunity in July and then I... That job opportunity could be in Europe. Oh, okay, okay. Absolutely. Okay. It's good well, to talk to you again. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome, hon. I hope you have a good night. You too. Bye. The, um, you know, when we talk about Neptune transits, especially like she's been having, because I've spoken with her a couple of times, they don't last just for a couple of months. Neptune's a very slow-moving planet. So um, you're having a transit like she's having Neptune square the moon. And right now that would be people who have their moon in Sagittarius or Gemini. Um, Also Neptune in opposition to the moon if you happen to have your moon in Virgo. 
And um, the general idea there is that the moon rules our emotions, which is very unconscious. We've been talking about, you know, the eclipse energy tonight and the the conscious uni- and and unconscious unconscious unification. And um, the um, the 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 moon in someone's chart represents our connection to the unconscious. So when you're having Neptune squaring the moon or in opposition or even conjunct, meaning for people who have moon in Pisces, where Neptune would be at the same spot right now where your natal moon was when you were born, all of that represents a kind of confusion at some level because Neptune first operates by dissolving the ego. It dissolves out the ego. So if there's any egotistical expectations of what it is that we should be doing or any ego-based energy surrounding anything in regard to um, emotionally-based expectations, it's going to dissolve that out because that's the way that it teaches the lesson. It teaches the lesson by presenting disillusionment, disappointment, betrayal, all kinds of very you know, murky, confusing experiences. Um, You know, sometimes your intuition seems off during a period like that, but it lasts. A Neptune transit can last for over a year, and we get, that's why it's called a transit, because we have a transitional period, and we don't go through these things in one day. Perhaps they do create an event. Um, perhaps for you know my last caller, it might represent moving back to Europe. Um, and maybe the whole disillusionment experience is the disillusionment for her about being in the United States. And if the and if the ego is attaching to being there, then the experience continues continues to be disillusioning because you know of whatever the whatever the um, the desire is to have completed in that in that experience. So. Um, when the unconscious, when the moon is being affected in any way by the different planets, it's always going to come out of an unconscious emotional need to have something be a specific way. When it's a, when it's an eclipse energy, it's the sun and the moon in unification. It's very powerful. It's a very powerful moment. I've actually been to three eclipses now, uh, total eclipses in my life. They're quite astounding. There is going to be a tremendous total eclipse in the United States 2017 just five more years it's going to practically pass from Seattle to to Daytona I mean it's going to go through the entire center of the country through like Yellowstone and and Kansas and 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 Tennessee it's going to be a very very exciting uh, thing for Americans that um, I'm sure as we get closer to it it will be everywhere and all over the news it will be everything that anybody wants to talk about because there hasn't been a solar eclipse like that in the United States in a long long time a total solar eclipse passing right through the main uh, heart of the United States so that's going to be tremendously cool but um, and we'll talk about that more as we get closer to it but Eclipses are moments when the unconscious passes in front of the conscious and the unconscious becomes the forward process. So now this is interesting from the tarot, is that number one card is the magician and that represents the conscious and the number two card is the high priestess and that represents the unconscious. 
So all the cards going all the way up to like card 19 are the the one digit is first. So they're all about the conscious mind being first. And then when we finally get to card 20 and 21, just the last two cards, it's when we finally allow the unconscious to guide the experience. We finally allow our unconscious to take the reins of our life. That's when we have incredible magical experiences happening around us. And um, that's seen in an eclipse because the the conscious, the sun, is blocked. I mean, blocked. It's still there. The radiance is coming from behind it. But it takes predominance. The moon takes the predominant stage over the sun. And I think that they happen because that on a, in a symbolic level, they're a, a symbolic reminder, a representation of that goal of allowing your unconscious to occasionally step in front of your conscious and take control of your life. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, area code 951. You're on the Inside Connection. Hi there. I'm just listening. It's very interesting. Thanks. Oh, okay. You're just calling in and you're listening in on the switchboard. Okay, no, that's not a problem. Um, no questions? Nothing? Um, no, I'm just, I'm just in, yeah, I'm just learning a lot, so. Thanks. No worries. Thanks for call, Thanks for being on the show. So, um, the, um, the, where did I want to go from there? The, the, you know, other planets, they also make aspect to the sun and the moon. And this is a, when you when you read someone's chart, when you talk about astrology, you say, oh, I'll have something interesting there again. And that is that um, the relationship between the sun and the moon in your chart, you know, whether they're compatible or incompatible, where they were, is another interesting um, part of um, being able to create that access, that, that, that unification access. And so... I know we don't have a lot of individual charts up here, and if there's listeners, you don't all know your, you know, your individual charts. But um, for instance, if someone had their um, their son right now, let's say is in is in Gemini, right? We have our Gemini birthdays. Happy birthday, Gemini! And let's say someone had their Moon in Pisces, that would be square. And what would happen is is that the unconscious in Pisces would be very uh, you know, mediumistic and deep and um, emotional and sensitive and poetic, and the conscious mind in Gemini would be, for lack of a better word, more superficial, more just humor-based and information gathering, and not what you would call incredibly sensitive. And so there would be a conflict between the conscious and unconscious mind. The unconscious would be constantly trying to get an empathetic and compassionate reaction. Uh, sorry, the unconscious, the Pisces part. And the conscious mind would just be really wanting to laugh a lot and read and, you know, just escape in reading or whatever. And so there, there's a difficulty, a clash. What we, those those individuals that have a, a, moon, a sun and a moon that are square can actually integrate them. They can. And one of the things, like I just said, was like the Gemini might like to read. The Pisces might like poetry. 
So there might be reading poetry, there might be reading fiction, there might be writing um, fiction, or that when that when that person learns to integrate the two, then they experience that magic through the integration. It's just finding sometimes uh, an integration point between two incompatible energies is not easy. Now, in astrology, we always talk about how. Uh, Interesting people, though, have those difficulties in their chart, that if you don't really have, you know, squares and oppositions in your chart, then you don't really have any challenges, you don't really have any, like, in your personal personality makeup, you don't really have anything that you're really needing to overcome, so it becomes more um, or less, uh, less challenging for you to, you know, navigate your life. While the squares and oppositions make difficulties, they also encourage you to find solutions to those difficulties, and that makes you, generally speaking, a more interesting person. Um, almost everybody has some squares or oppositions, so don't worry if you're feeling out there like you know you have too much of an average life. Nobody does. We all have interesting, complicated lives. So... Conversely, if your moon and your sun are positively aspected, let's say like Aries and Gemini, if you had an Aries moon, then the unconscious would be bold and and self-expressed, and the uh, the sun in Gemini would be still the same. It would be you know wanting to learn, wanting to read, wanting to talk, and there you would have a comedian or someone who was a great talker, a great teacher, uh, a leader who was a great orator, and those kinds of things get put together more easily than the Pisces Gemini. So when when the you know, tonight's conversation, we're really looking at what is the power behind a solar eclipse as an external event. Uh, it's extremely powerful. It, it It's almost a mind-blowing thing to put your eyes on it. But as a symbol of what's going on inside of us, it represents an, a, an integration of the conscious and unconscious mind that creates magic. Mm. Sip of water. Um, the uh, what I was going to say before about transiting energy, about the fact that we can have different planets making aspects to the sun or the moon in our chart. And the previous caller, we talked about Neptune squaring her moon and how Neptune can create ideal situations, but it also can create illusions of ideal situations and again when it's with the moon very complicated because the unconscious mind is where we're going to get you know tricked up a lot <laughs> and um this neptune squaring the sun it could be very much more about something consciously that you're going after rather than unconsciously that that would create an illusion or a disappointment um Obviously, that's not the only energy that there is. You could have any of the planets making an aspect to the sun or the moon, and I think that you get the same, you know, the resulting uh, energy out of it. If it was Venus conjuncting your moon, then Venus represents love, and the moon represents an unconscious expression. So it would be like an unconscious expression of love. Perhaps you would just feel compelled to you know, write something nice to someone or send a donation somewhere or something like that, you know. If it was Venus conjunct the sun, you might actually actively take part in 
um, you know, saying I love you to someone or being more bold because it would be coming more out of your unconscious. Those are just examples of, you know, how we're affected on a conscious and unconscious level, really on a on an ongoing basis. Obviously, when we go to the outer planets, when we go further out into the outer planets, those transits are slower. So when it's Pluto, Neptune, or Uranus, Saturn even, because it's pretty slow moving, making an aspect to one of our natal planets, we have a transit of an outer planet, it's very slow because those planets move very slowly around the sun. They do, however, create the monumental transitions of our life. Or, if you're very into the spiritual aspect, they don't create them. They simply represent the external manifestation at the time that it occurs in your life. So, the planets don't actually cause the events. They're merely there to show the time. And um, I actually really like that. So, um, it's been a good show, actually. I really want to thank everybody who called in. I want to thank everybody who um, who's in the chat room. Shout out to Mary Lou. Um, last week was awesome. I was um, <clears throat> up in Cape Cod in Massachusetts for a little while, in Connecticut a little while. Saw some family. Had an awesome week off. But we are back on the air now. And... Um, uh, glad to be back actually you know I didn't really have a topic and um, uh, for this week until uh, earlier today last night and I realized that the eclipse was a big deal for people it certainly was for me I was on the airplane and it was a little bit chaotic on uh, Sunday and Monday for me unexpected kind of unexpected chaos like what did the eclipse flush out for me was you know like just I found really a sense of peace in a fairly chaotic day. So I almost feel like um, that the unconscious conscious connection for me was that I sensed something was coming. That was kind of interesting. Then it did come. And because I had sensed it, I just jumped in with the flow. And even though it was a very complex, like, 24 hours where – you'd think that the world would have gotten turned upside down for me in a way. It was, you know, not that big of a deal, I guess, but but big enough. It didn't. The flow just opened up, and this thing that could have created so much chaos just basically, like, turned out to be okay. It actually turned out to be a good thing. So I think that the eclipse allowed me to take a peek into what was going to happen and then gave me a uh, a real sense of... Um, calmness um, afterwards anyway I think we're going to go back to um, a little song that I like for closing tonight when you know when an, when an eclipse occurs you don't see the sun and uh, and then you do it goes behind the moon and then it comes back out. It's kind of like a peekaboo of the sun. So uh, here's Here Comes the Sun, and I will see you, talk to you, read for you next Thursday at 8 p.m. Pacific. Thanks for being at the Inside Connection.
Well, my audio went out on that one, huh? And I'm watching it on my uh, on my audio clips board. All right. Uh, <laughs> I guess we got to do one for the moon. Bring the moon. 